Hello, Latin dance community. Welcome to another LDC podcast. My name is Roberto Ramirez, and our guest today is Mike Del Campo. Mike and his wife Gina have been teaching dance for more than 20 years in Sacramento, California. On this episode, Mike shares a few tips and advice on how to be a great dance instructor. He talks about how to teach beginners, including students who have never danced before and are completely out of their element, tips on staying competitive and up-to-date, and how to keep students interested and engaged during class. Let's listen. And uh, I'm, here, I'm sitting here with Mike Del Campo, world-renowned dance instructor. Well, I, I think you're, you're world-renowned right here in, 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 in the Sacramento area. Uh, yeah. <laughs> small, small area. <laughs> Did you always want to become a dance instructor? No. No. It, it, it was not even on my radar. In fact, if you would have told me in my 20s I was going to be a dance teacher, I would have thought you were crazy. I was in the martial arts when I was younger. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I trained. I had my own studio on the other side of Fulton here doing that. I uh, went to Hong Kong and trained for a while with some of the same people that taught Bruce Lee. And so... Uh, that was my goal uh, up until my late 20s. So you, you were a black belt? Well, it's a Chinese martial arts, so they know okay. the word belts, but the equivalent, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so what made the transition to dancing? You know, uh, this dance studio owner came in and he wanted to barter martial arts lessons for dance lessons. And I thought, you know, here's another one of these guys that wants something for nothing, right? So I threw him out. <laughs> but then that night after uh, a training session, some of the guys and I went out for a beer at this place called Twist and Shout. They were playing oldies. And I saw that same guy dancing with two women at the same time doing a swing. And I'm like, wow. And I looked at my left, there's a sweaty guy. I look on my right, there's a sweaty guy. And this guy's, you know, got two beautiful women dancing. And I said, what's wrong with this picture? So I went and talked to him later on, and uh, we got started. It was pretty funny. We would dance an hour, and then I'd teach him an hour of martial arts. <laughs> that's how I got started. Yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the, you've told me many crazy stories, but I think that's one of the craziest stories. Oh, my gosh, you've yeah. You've ever told me. And yeah. I, just, I can't believe it. And uh, after a while, you know, they offered me a job, and... Uh, the martial art that I taught is called Wing Chun. Um, it's a very effective martial art, but it's very rigorous and there's not belts. It's not very commercialized yet. And so, in fact, I hope it doesn't become commercialized, but it was hard to make a living off just doing that. Mm -hmm. So when I had an opportunity to try dancing, which again, I couldn't believe they were gonna pay me to do, um, I jumped at it and I said, hey, you know, I'll do that for a living and then I'll teach some martial arts for fun. Well, you bring up a very good point because I've learned that uh, a lot of dance instructors are not doing that full time. Most of them have other jobs, or sometimes actually some of them work full time and then teach. Yes. Not really because you know they they uh, uh, they want to make money, but just because they like it. But the reality the reality is that most people have either part time jobs and they teach because that's their real passion, or they have full-time jobs and they teach because they like it. So with that, with that in mind, you know, what, how do you prepare to become a dance instructor? Well, you know, for me, it just happened. Uh, you know, I was, I was dancing, I got into the scene, I was started dating one of those women that the guy was dancing with. 
And so she was already a teacher at that studio. And so I would come to the functions and then they offered me a job. Hey, you know, they saw, hey, you know, you're pretty good with people and you, you've got a little bit of charisma. You should think about working for us. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, I, didn't, I, I mean, it wasn't even on my radar, but I, I knew I enjoyed dancing. Uh, and uh, so I thought I'd give it a shot. So um, it wasn't really a plan. It fell into my lap, but it was like, uh, you know, um, good karma for me because it, it changed my life. Well, that, I'm um, sure, yeah, I'm sure it did. Yeah. You know, I think you've hit a nail right there, uh, right on the head, because I've been to uh, a lot of workshops where the instructor is funny, like, you know, sometimes even cocky funny, uh -huh. which is entertaining, but I really don't learn much. Right. Whereas, I've, you know, I've taken classes with you and, and, and you know, the, the stuff that you do teach us actually sticks. And on top of that, you add, you know, humor. I mean, what's, what's your take on, like, using humor and, and, and being a little, you know, cocky funny when, when, when you teach? You know, I remember coming into a dance situation, and I tell you, especially for men, but for everybody in general, but especially for men, it's an uncomfortable environment. For me, a nightmare for me is looking awkward in front of women. And so a lot of guys feel out of their element coming into dancing so I just remember how I felt coming into that situation and I figured you know if I get people laughing right away get them relaxed and to, to realize that really dance is a celebration you know then then it seems to go away we're laughing at ourselves we're laughing with each other we're learning um, that environment to me especially with salsa with the Latin dancing that, that seems to go hand in hand with that Hmm, okay, so yeah, interesting. So make him feel comfortable. I mean, it, it, it's not just being funny like a comedian. It's actually making the people feel comfortable, engaging them. And yeah, because otherwise, I mean, think about it, especially if you haven't danced before and right. then partner dancing. Uh, uh, and again, uh, it's challenging for both sides, but the man has to learn how to lead as well. Mm -hmm. And typically, Uh, in my experience, it's changing a little bit now, but in my experience growing up, men didn't go to dancing as soon as the ladies have done. So it's always been a little bit of an imbalance that the ladies have a little bit of experience, more experience than the guys anyway. And then the guy has to come in and then actually lead. And so people tend to be very uncomfortable or they're, you know, they're a couple there, they're uncomfortable. There's a lot of different dynamics. If it's in a nightclub, there's There's noise going on around and just different things that come into play. But to get people to, to feel welcome and relax and engage and then part of the process, you know, to engage them that much to where they can add to the humor of the class, they're participating, then that's, that's a good thing. Hmm. It, gets, it, gets, it, get thing, it gets things rolling a lot better. What's your philosophy on teaching, if you have one? I mean, I don't even know. Ah, you know, I mean, it, could, it all depends on private lessons, group classes. There's different types of teaching, different dances. Uh, but for the most part, um, I think you want to have, if you're a teacher, you have to assume that your students give a trust in you. Uh -huh. They're paying you money or they're coming to a class. So they're saying, I trust you. There's a trust there. And you have to really take that seriously. So I've always taken that seriously with teacher teachers, that concept, because the studio I first trained at was a 
a commercial ballroom studio. It wasn't a salsa studio. It was a ballroom studio. And they had come from the Arthur Murray chain. And not to put anything down, but it's usually a hard sell when you walk into those uh, chain studios. They don't want you to work on one dance. They want you to work on five or six. And they want they string it out. And it's, it's, it's a business, but it's not necessarily geared toward the student. It's geared toward the studio uh, channeling the studio through are the students through different processes where they can keep on making money from them. Right. And I never liked that. I never thought that was up front. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I remember we had a meeting one time and the owner was talking about the, the, the whole focus of the of the meeting was you have to make your students think you care. And so they're talking about this for a half hour and then I raised my hand. I was always the one that got in trouble. I said, how about really caring? <laughs> and they blanched <laughs> and they said oh yeah that's what we meant and right, right. I was just so shocked because coming from a martial arts background and I had good mentors one of my teachers said you know you have to lead by example don't ask people to do something you're not willing to do and when people follow you it's not because you're great it's because there's a trust that they put in you and it's 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 something you should take seriously because it's just given to you. It doesn't mean, you know, who you are, you know, doesn't, that just because people come to you doesn't make you great. It's it's what you do with that uh, that'll make you a leader or not a good leader. And so it was just very appalling to me that, that we had to have a meeting where the focus was make them think you care. And, and so I really get on my instructor and say, if you don't care about your students, you're in the wrong business. Right, 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 right. Wow. Well, talking about students, what do you think is the most challenging um, element of teaching new people? Um, you know, again, getting them to feel that they can do it, to, to feel comfortable. Um, the, 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 the people who actually need the lessons most are the people that have the most difficulty with dancing and who are probably the most leery of it. Um, it's really easy to work with naturals, you know, mm-hmm. and I've worked with a, most of the people here in Sacramento, even who are teaching, and those are naturals. They pretty, probably would have found their way to teaching anyway, but to me, the challenge is, is working with that person who does not have timing or coordination mm-hmm. or self-confidence, and, uh, and dancing can approve all those, but you have to get to them and, and, and to make them be aware of, of how you can work with them and, and, and get and, and reach them. So reaching those people that really need the dancing is, uh, is important to me. It's the challenge because, again, they're the most leery. They're the people that haven't danced for a reason because it's usually been a bad experience. Oh, okay, you bring up a good point. Yeah, experience. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just, and I think we can trace this all the way back to the... Uh, junior high yeah, school dance exactly. Band, right? Exactly. And I didn't even dance in high school. I was, yeah, I was so <laughs> self-conscious and I didn't know how to dance. And uh, growing up in Southern California in a really conservative town called Bakersfield, uh, the men didn't dance, you know. <laughs> Not even country? Uh, well, probably that. I mean, we did square dancing in school, so I'm right. still trying to recover from that. But, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> wow. You know, well, and, and, and have you ever encountered a situation where, you know, you, you find a student that just 
doesn't get it and, and, and what have you done in that case to make that soon just break through and, and come through? You know, we try to encourage them to get some one-on-one -on -one training. Okay. Uh, yeah, some private lessons because we feel if we can get our hands on you, we can make you a good dancer. And good dancing, a, a lot of people don't appreciate the qualities that that involves. Uh, I heard a business owner talk about, he ran a garage. Right. And he says, we have to educate people on what good car maintenance is. Uh, you know, not just an oil change, but all these different things that it takes to make your car run well. And it's the same thing with dancing. There's the, there's the footwork and balance, uh, the poise, the connection, the timing, um, the so many different things that come, the musicality, so many things that come into play in, in becoming a good dancer, not just learning a pattern or a step. That's not really the dancing. You know, that's, it's, it's the beginning part of it, but that's not what really makes a really, really good dancer. Mm, <clears throat> so when we can get our okay. head on somebody, if we can get them in and work with them and clarify and go slow at their own pace, you know, then um, we've, I, I can't remember. We've never had anybody that we could not work with. Now, we've had people, you know, not continue, but it's certainly, we relish that challenge. Right. For various reasons, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we do. Right. You know, that's our job is to, is to reach those people that have a hard time and that struggle. Well, you know, it, it's interesting that you mentioned that because when you start, I remember when I started, you know, uh, uh, you see the patterns and you see the, this, this, that's what you want to do. And yes. like, oh, I want to do that. Yes. I want to do what that guy did. Yes. And, and, and sometimes you get frustrated because, of course, you know, you don't even know the basics and you want to do that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you see the dancing and the good dancers make it look easy. Yes. But you don't see what's gone in into that training and how the, you know, whether it's ballet, ballroom, salsa, the the discipline and the training that it takes to get at those higher levels to make it look that easy and that graceful and that effort, effortless. But that's the work that's involved. And, uh, you know, the, the thing is, and there's, there's different types of people and you can approach dancing anyway. It's, you know, nobody owns dancing. But for us, you know, for me being in the business, you know, we, have, we want to go to the deeper levels of, of of what dance is. For instance, if I swim across a pool, right, I can get to the other side, right? Mm -hmm. Some people would say you keep from drowning, but I get there. Michael Phelps's records are not going to be in jeopardy, but I don't have that smooth stroke and, you know, that taking that breath and that, you know, that fluid stroke that those swimmers have, you know, I just get across my head up breathing and I make it. And I tell, you know, my teachers, you don't want to just teach your students to keep from drowning. You know, we got to make them a little bit better than that. We have to get them to understand what are the qualities, and the foundation, and, and then build from there. Mm, okay. I find a lot of uh, uh, particularly young uh, instructors that, that are currently teaching, you know, after many years of training, and of course, their biggest dream is to own a studio. Yeah. Like, oh, it's like I want to own my own studio. What, 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 what uh, pieces of advice do you, you have for the young instructors who want to have their own studios? Wow. Well, I mean, you know, it's dancing is that mistress, right? Right. Very enticing. 
and you see all the fun parts of it. But when you talk about running a studio, there's a business side. Right, right, absolutely, yes. And you know, the amazing thing is, uh, or I don't know if it's amazing, but you know, I get all the credit. But my wife, Gina, of course, yeah. does a lot of the work. Yeah. I mean, she's the accountant. She is an accountant, so that's kept me out of jail. So that's for one thing, <laughs> right? So, right? <laughs> and so there's that business discipline that you have to have. And it goes so deep in terms of being on time, uh, being professional, uh, uh, just so many aspects of it. Not only what you portray to the students, but behind the scenes with the business, the quarterly taxes. There's so many things, the overhead. Right, uh, right. How yeah. much you want to do? Do you want to sell shoes? Do you want to sell stuff? Do you want to do dance teams? And all these things like that. And just to know that business. So first of all, Make sure you've had experience with somebody who knows the business. Now, I was lucky to come from a ballroom background where they, I mean, it is a business. That's what they do it. So they know how to run a business. They know how to cultivate it. They know do's and don'ts about it. A lot of salseros come in from the street, you know, and when I say from the street, with not a professional dance studio background, they come because they've danced all their lives or they like dancing. They come to a salsa club, they dance. They start to get good. They start teaching because of the passion they have for the dance. But if you don't have business acumen, you know, or that type of experience, it can be very difficult. So pay attention to the business side if you're going to open a studio because the other side really is 10% of it. The teaching, the dancing is about 10% of what a business is for dancing. So, but you have to have it. You have to have that business acumen. There's no way you're going to sustain. I mean, you know, we've had to move three times. I was teaching at my house. I love that. Right. Uh, and then, uh, and it was funny too. We were, we had rooms converted. We had hardwood floors. It was beautiful. We had parking. There was a shopping center next to us. Uh, but with the county we were actually only supposed to teach one person at a time not even a couple one person one probably. person okay but we figured as long as we're not hurting anybody we kept on doing we were doing group classes and private lessons and then the county called us and said well you've been reported and uh, you you know you can't do it the way you're doing it right. and I'm, so I just asked him on a whim I said you know we're pretty isolated here who reported this he says I can't tell you that but I can tell you it wasn't one of your neighbors It was not one it of the names. Not. It was a business competitor. Ah. And, yeah. So Classic. I'm like, are you kidding me? Classic. Yeah. So I'm like, wow. So, yeah. But you just keep doing, mm -hmm. keep going, you know. If you want to do it, do it. And do what you do. Be who you are and stay true to that. That's, that's the other part, you know. Uh, I'm not going to discourage you if you don't have business acumen. If it's something that's in you and it's a passion, follow it, do it. Because for me, with martial arts and dancing, I tell people I've never worked a day in my life because I've been able to do both things that I love. Mm -hmm. uh, so if it's your passion, do it. You'll find a way to make it work. If it's inside you and you really, if it's that burning thing, then do it, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. and I guess, you know, one thing that I can think of right now is of course you know start small if you or start as small as possible or as small as you can afford that really worked right. for us because we build up such a clientele you know we were exactly out of to build clientele 
Yeah. And we were like Del Campo Dance Studio. I said we were studio. That was our title. But everybody, where's this studio at? You know, where's this big Del Campo Dance Studio? They didn't know it was only two rooms in a house. <laughs> so. But you know what I mean? It, it captures the word that you needed, I guess. Well, yeah. So I was working for the studio where I had. Right. And, uh, so I decided to leave. I said, it's time to go on my own. I worked there for seven years. So I paid my dues. That was my college. Uh, and then I said, I can do this. And uh, so I had in mind, you know, I didn't want a lot of overhead initially going out on my own. So I just converted my house, which had, again, beautiful hardwood floors. And so it was a real good takeoff point for us to start small like that. And then we could wire up right off a portion of the house. You know, ah, so okay. it was, uh, it really worked. In fact, I think um, as, as I hit the twilight of my career, if I ever downsize, I'll go back down to that and do that again. Yeah. Hmm. They maybe get a house out in, in, in the woods or whatever, right? Well, yeah, that way nobody can complain. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> nobody can complain. Or get, you know, there's are, there are places that are zoned commercial uh, and, uh, and residential both. Mm -hmm. And so you just have to pay attention to the zoning. When, when you grow and you have a consistent uh, clientele and classes every day, so at some point, uh, you need to take a few days off, or you want to go, you're going on vacation, so you need to hire stu uh, well, not students, but other teachers yeah. to work for you. How do you do that? How do you uh, select uh, um, the people that are going to teach for you? You know, because that's that's actually kind of challenging, I think. Oh, well, we watch very carefully, and we haven't hit on everybody, but we've hit on a lot of people, and so you watch and you see what their people's skills are and uh, how they conduct themselves and then you go. Our teacher training program, again, I've had experience again coming from the ballroom background. Mm -hmm. They've got it down to a science on how to teach people how to teach. A good trained teacher though then becomes worth a lot to a business because it takes so much to put into them. And then you know at some point they're going to leave. They're not going to stay. So literally, you know that you could be teaching your competition. As a matter of fact, <laughs> in Sacramento and the surrounding areas, we have taught our competition. But it's okay. That's okay. That's as long as you still stick to who you are and what you do, you're going to be fine. And that's another thing. Don't worry about competition. If you're doing something well and it's worked, stay with that. Be true to it. If you care about your students and you have that passion, you can't really go wrong. Good point. Very good point. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, because it's, it seems to me like um, a lot of people do freak out yeah. with the competition. Yeah. And they start, they start getting nervous. They, they can start, get cutthroat. Yeah. And it yeah, has yeah. gotten that way. And they uh, set out to destroy it. Yeah. I mean, it could get pretty cutthroat. And it's... It has, it, it, Every city has its growing pains, and Sacramento went through it. I've heard it down in LA, it got pretty bad and in the Bay Area, and probably anywhere it is because, you know, there's there's only a certain market, you know, and then, but if you worry about that too much, that ends up consuming you. Then you end up making enemies, and uh, and it's just not worth it. It's not what the dancing's about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you got to remember, nobody owns the dancing. Nobody owns the dancing. Nobody owns the dancing. So you got to stick to 
what your passion is, who you are, be true to that, and then love your students, get that trust, care about them, and they'll, they'll feel that. That's all you need. Just keep going, stay in business, stay true to that, those two concepts, and you'll be fine. And most of the people we're friends with. Right. Um, sometimes when I don't have staff that can take places uh, or take over venues if I'm out of town or busy, some of our four te former teachers come in. Oh, and okay. it's good okay. because you, you trust them. We're from the same family. Right, right, right. So, right. Um, you know, it works. It really works. So That's another word that keeps popping in up in, in all these uh, interviews and, and podcasts is family. Is you really building another family outside your, you know, your, your, your own? Is it's 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 really interesting how mo a lot of people compare uh, um, other dancers or other dance partners as family or their team members as a little family. Just I think because you spend so much time with them, and I don't know. Yeah, you know, you go through these things, and you can get pretty close. Right. Our, our team last night just had their first performance. Oh. And, uh, you know, it's so good to always see that it's such a reward and to, to see how nervous they are going in and then the elation that they experience afterwards and and to, to go through that with each other is a bonding experience. But for us, for me, you know, when you talk about a passion about what you're doing, And if it's that passionate, then the people who get close to you when you're doing it do become close right. and become family. And uh, especially through business, if they've had your back and you've had theirs too, you, there's a trust that's built up. So, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, it could be very extended and some people can get very close, you know. And uh, so, and that's one of the great things about this too is just the variety of awesome people that you meet yes you know absolutely yeah you know right. and, and and it's really rewarding to see again that the people take it you know as a teacher I was telling uh, one of my good friends Oscar Castaneda the other day my job is to take you as far as I can on my path mm -hmm. and then point the finger forward beyond where I can go and say okay now this is what I this is my flavor of what I've shown you now it's time to go on your own it's kind of like the Shaolin temple time for you to leave but wow. right you take them as far as you can but you inspire them to keep going and to go on their own and to realize who they are and to put their own taste their own flavor their own sabor with it right right and To me, if a teacher doesn't teach somebody or anybody at some point to pass surpass them, then you're not really a good teacher. If nobody gets better than you, then it's an ego thing, right? Right. right. And the martial arts is the same way. But if you can push people to go, and maybe not be even the same thing, you could be good at your thing and they'll be good at their thing, and then they go and realize who they are. That should be celebrated and not fear, you know, to push your, your students. Uh, to go further, to to make their own mark. Right, right, um, right. The, to me, that's a good teacher. Wow. Well, so once you've established, you know, once you've been teaching uh, for uh, for a few years, 
what do you do to keep on on, on training yourself or, or improving ah. or updating? What, what is it that you do? What, what can people do? You know, I learn from everything. And right. sometimes it's not even from other dancers. Um, I've learned stuff from beginners. I always watch other dancers because for me too, my pride or my, who I look at myself at, I don't care if I'm ever the best dancer. Mm -hmm. To me, my thing is, can I teach it? Can I, because I'm a teacher, I consider myself a teacher. You are what you do, I'm a teacher. So, and I've seen sometimes the best coaches are not the best athletes. True. Muhammad Ali's coach, a lot of people couldn't name him, you know. Uh, so you see the people here, but the coaches are always that guy that really knew what it took, couldn't maybe necessarily do it themselves, mm -hmm. but they know how to get the best out of somebody. You know, I guess, I guess the Rocky movies taught us that. Yeah, yeah, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Ricky wasn't knocking anybody out, but he could teach Rocky how to do it. Right, that. right. So, and Rocky was this guy, you know, from the street, you yeah. know, that, that, yeah. you know, was, that liked boxing, but never thought about competing, never thought about... Yeah, yeah, to, to inspire, you got right. inspired, and then you go from there. What I like to do, though, is I also like to improve myself. I like to watch other teachers teach. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Because um, sometimes, whatever their level is, because sometimes they might say something in a better way that you're doing it. And I'm like, wow, you know what? I like the way that they said that. That makes more sense than how I'm doing it. Or right. a different move. You know what? I'm teaching that way, but I like the way that they're teaching it. That makes it more smooth. And so you learn that way. And you, and you know in the salsa scene too, right? You see moves. Pretty soon everybody's doing the move. You know, salsa is yes, yes, like the yeah. NFL. It's a copycat league, right? Yeah, you yeah, see yeah. something move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you'll see some of the same styling that, that comes in vogue, some of the same moves that come in vogue. Because after a while, everybody starts to do them. And so like it goes back to what I said earlier. Nobody owns the dancing. Do you think, um, well, I think you kind of mentioned this a, a little bit earlier, but do you think that a good instructor can be capable and able to teach just a, uh, after a, a short period of, of, of dancing, you know, even if it's like, let's say, a year, maybe two years? You know, I started teaching martial arts when I was young, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I, I was not that good then. I was cocky, I was physically able to do a lot of things and stuff, but I was not a good teacher. Mm -hmm. And it, so it takes, it's, I think. So how did you know, teachers, how did you knew that you were ready to teach? You know, and that's the thing, you never know. You never know. You're ready when you start doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, and you will get better. That's a good thing. So fortunately, the students, when you're first starting, are not gonna benefit as much as the students you've had after 10 years or 20 years. Because life's experiences just teach so much. I mean, experience has so much to do with teaching and how you look at people and how you study and how you spot what they need and where their mistake is and how to improve it right away. It's all experience. And again, through martial arts, another famous quote is, how does a blind man see? And the answer is, he's been there before. Oh. Experience. Yes, okay. Yeah, experience. Yeah. Yes. And so... Experience to teachers is very good. And again, your teacher doesn't have to be a world champion, but if they had a lot of experience and you look at how their students are and what they're putting out, you say, oh, okay. That's what you look at. And that's, I never look at the teacher. That's another thing I, I learned 
from my mentors. They say, you know, don't look at the teacher, look at their students. Look at their students. Look really? at their students. Look at what kind of students they're putting out. And if the students are good, you know, if there are students out there kicking butt, then the teacher's doing pretty good. Right. You know, right. because some teachers are excellent dancers, but they're not good teachers. Right. You know, they're like, do it like this, or they don't give descriptions. And really, if they're natural, it's hard for them to put it into words. You know, a lot of dancers are very good natural athletes and dancers and rhythm and balance and timing and musicality. But when it comes time for them to put it into words, sometimes it's very challenging. Wow. So, I guess, yeah, practice is what yeah. helps, I guess. Yeah, yeah practice. So, I tip for people who are looking for dance teachers is it's not necessarily the best dancers that are the best teachers. And a lot of people make that mistake. Right. Yeah, ab absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and to wrap this thing up, um, if... If someone, if a young dancer, or you know, maybe not young, you know, just someone who has been dancing for a while or has been dancing just recently and wants to become an instructor, what words of advice do you have for them? Get some training, yeah, you gotta get your training and get um, training that deals with qualities of dancing and not just patterns. You can get patterns anytime. You can get patterns off of YouTube. Right. But to be trained on the quality of dancing, balance, footwork, connection, timing, musicality, dance distance relationship, all these things that come into play with partner dancing. Um, when somebody's breaking that down for you, that's gonna be a good place to start. Get that experience, um, have some type of business acumen going in or, or realize that you're gonna need it. And then stick to your passion don't worry about competition and you'll be fine. Wow, great words by the master. See, I'm going to call you my, my sensei. Well, that's, that's Japanese. So how do you, call, how do you, how do you say it in, 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 in Chinese? Japanese? In Cantonese, they say it's Sifu, and in Mandarin, they say Shifu. Well, cool. You know, sensei well, works with the same sensei. Thing. Is, uh, sensei. No, this, this has been fantastic. You know, thank you so much. Michael for uh, this uh, interview I hope that our listeners uh, learned a lot I, I, I sure did I mean I, there was just a lot of information there thank you I'm flattered that you would ask me thank you no 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 thank you see we need more people like you so <laughs> thank you this podcast was brought to you by LDC a Latin dance community your source for Latin dance articles interviews, and events around the world. Find out more at www.latindancecommunity.com.